Hey everybody, welcome to episode 149 of the Church Collective Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know we have been doing a bunch of stuff over at thechurchcollective.com. So if you're new to the podcast or if you've been listening for a long time, we would love for you to head over there and check it out. We've brought back our guitar presets. So let your guitarists know we're even kicking off something for our Helix players. So make sure to check that out. In this episode of the podcast, Chris had the opportunity to talk to Judd Harris from the Vertical Church Band, and it's just really encouraging encouraging for you and your team. He talks about so many fantastic things, and we're going to jump right into it. My dad is a worship pastor at our home church. He's been there for um, 35 years, I think, at this point, maybe even longer. Um, And he's been doing pastoring like that for a long time. So growing up in church was just like something that wasn't like super optional for me (laughs) because he was always there. So I was always there. And through all of that, I kind of um, just watched him lead our church and uh, watched him just be really faithful. And uh, <clears throat> to be honest, like getting into worship leading wasn't something that I planned on ever doing after seeing him do that. Like I, I respected my dad and what he did so much, but you know, like a kid, I, I didn't really think that that was something I was going to do. I thought I was going to be like an architect or something. And so... Uh, but I started playing guitar like when I was 13 and I vividly remember sitting in our choir room at our church in South Florida and the guy who was leading our youth group praise band walked in and saw me playing and he was like, you know, we need people to play, right? And I was like, no, I, I didn't know. And he basically forced me to play because to be honest, I didn't really want to do it. I was a super shy kid and I was terrified of being up in front of a crowd. Um, I was probably like 13, but he got me up on stage and started playing guitar, just like playing background for him. And then he wanted me to sing harmony and stuff like that. So I started doing that. And then uh, he was graduating from high school in like two years at that point. So he told me one day, he sat me down. He's like, hey, um, so I think... I'm going to have you like take this over once, once I'm gone. And I was like, me? Um, Cause everybody else on the band was older and probably a little more mature. And he was just like, yeah, it's going to be you. And I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah. And he, he kind of, I don't know, I guess kind of ushered me into the realm of um, leading worship, putting together like, bands and set lists and thinking through all those things and you know that's kind of how I got my start is just kind of like everybody else in youth group and in the local church and stuff like that so and then after that you went to Liberty did you go to Liberty or like what's your involvement with Liberty sure sure so funny story actually that same guy he left for college and he went to Liberty and he came back probably after his like second year um, and told me, Hey man, you really need to check this place out. Um, they have this amazing opportunity called the, uh, the uh, department of ministry teams. And uh, I think you would love it. Um, you get a scholarship for playing with the team and uh, you know, it's not a full ride or anything, but it would help a lot. And Liberty is a great place. And I, you know, I'm from South Florida. So going out of state to college was like not an option for me personally. We didn't have a ton of money growing up and 
I mean, I got good grades, and I was just planning on going to a school in Florida based off of like a scholarship academically. And uh, but I went up to Liberty, and I checked the place out, and I really uh, just kind of felt it was like the right place I needed to be. And so, my senior year, I went up and I tried out for that team, the Department of Ministry teams, which is now called the Liberty Worship Collective. And um, funnily enough, I didn't make it the first time I tried out. Um, I went up my senior year, tried out, didn't get an email. Something happened with the emails, and I didn't receive one. And I had to, I had to email them myself, um, technology man, you know. And I was like, I just want to know if I made it. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to make plans for next year. Um, and they emailed me back and they're like, hey, sorry. Um, we don't know what happened, but uh, we got to say you didn't actually make the team. Um, but we would love for you to come back next year. And, you know, you know how it is when you get those kind of emails. You're like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's you can just tell me if I'm not good enough or if, you know, if I don't need to come back. But they told me to come back next year. And I was like, OK, um, and I didn't know if I was going to at that point. So I actually stayed home for a year after graduating high school. I worked at um, Applebee's and I went to community college and uh, led worship at my church and for our youth group and stuff, you know, just doing the normal thing that I had done. And that was a really formative year for me because I, uh, I just had to learn a lot about waiting and about... Um, how my timeline isn't always the best timeline. Um, and I don't really have a timeline. I'm not like a five-year plan kind of guy, but that year really taught me just to wait on the Lord and to uh, watch him do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine. And so that next year, I went back and tried out, and long story short, I uh, made the team. And so my first semester of college at Liberty looked like me going out on the road with this team called the Liberty Worship Collective um, every weekend. We would drive to a different church, a different youth group, um, mostly on like the East Coast. Um, and we would just play for their churches, play for their youth groups, like their Disciple Nows and stuff like that. And so I've been doing that uh, for the past, I mean, that was 2013 of the fall when I started. So, um, and I'm actually still at Liberty getting my master's right now. Um, um, on my second semester of that. So I've been here for a while. Um, and that's kind of my involvement still with them. I'm still with the Liberty Worship Collective, um, leading with them on campus and on the road and doing that as well. So. So you lived, you live in, um, Lynchburg? <clears throat> I do. Yeah. I live in Lynchburg and I know that's, uh, weird because I play with vertical as well, but they, uh, I guess I could kind of just say how I got involved with vertical if that's okay. And then uh, yeah. like tell kind of how that process went through. So I went up to harvest a couple of times in 2016 um, because I knew a few of the people on staff and they had invited me to come up and lead worship with them. And uh, through that process, I ended up, um, linking up with them over the summer of I think 2016 or 2017 to do an internship <clears throat> at Harvest Bible Chapel which is where Vertical is um, based and through that internship um, we started a relationship and um, I got the call that they wanted me to 
joined the band. Um, but I had, I still had school to do. And, uh, you know, it was something that, you know, anybody else in the world would have probably just like, all right, see you later school. But, um, for me, I don't know. It was just kind of like something you just feel sometimes in your heart that you, you, something's not finished with a different place that you're at or a different job that you're doing. And, um, I just felt like I wasn't done at Liberty and done with school. And, um, I told them that I really wanted to, uh, you know, come up and work with them, but I really needed to finish school at the same time. And they were absolutely the most gracious people ever. And they were like, Hey, we want you to be a part of the team and we think you can finish school at the same time. So why don't we do that? And so I live in Lynchburg most of the time, well, full time as a student. And then I travel back and forth between Chicago and, uh, Liberty and lead with vertical at least once a month on the weekends. And then I travel with them at a lot of different places where we go. And then, um, I do school mainly throughout the week and stuff like that. So it's, it's a pretty crazy, uh, kind of arrangement, but <clears throat> it just goes to show that, you know, things will work out if we can, if we can just work them out together. And, um, I can never be more grateful for to vertical and to, um, the staff there and everybody just for allowing me to keep doing what I'm doing, um, getting my degree. Cause it's important to me, um, schooling at least. So, and I love being a part of that team too. So that's kind of, that's kind of how the whole weird ish scenario works out. But so what do you, what are your degrees? Like what's your bachelor's in? So I got my bachelor's in English with, a. Uh, a minor in business and I'm doing my my master's in professional writing so they're both English degrees but <clears throat> I can't say enough how how much they're really helpful for like songwriting and for even just thinking through um, how to be cohesive with thought and how to really pull things together to make it something that is relatable to people and something that people can actually, um, grasp, if you know what I mean. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So out of those three, none of them are actually really music based, right? No, they're not. Yeah. They're, uh, <clears throat> they're both English, um, and business, but it's, it's, a. Uh, it was pretty cool when I got to, liberty to see that a lot of the people on uh on the uh, team that were like doing music with the worship collective and things like that they weren't even music majors and it wasn't because any of us thought we were like the best or good at, or didn't need to learn anything else about music we're always learning more about you know music as we keep going as we play but um <coughs> i remember when I started at Liberty, I was actually a music major. And then I just felt this weird call to maybe step out of that. Um, and it was weird because the only reason I came to Liberty was to actually pursue the uh, worship pastor, like music degree. And so when I, when I felt that like tug on my heart, I was like, is that for real? Like I need to do something different. And I think it was mostly because I thought at some point I needed to be 
bivocational. Like my dad has not only been the worship pastor at our church for 30 plus years, but he's also been a teacher in our school system for 30 plus years. And uh, so it's been, it's been a crazy ride for him. And uh, I just thought that that might be something like smart for me to do. But I also knew that I just loved um, literature and story and everything about studying English and all those things were something that was really close to my heart. And so I just trusted it. And I was just like, okay, if this is what I need to do, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I couldn't be more happy with my, with my decision on that. It's just been an amazing process of just um, learning about the great writers of our generation and the past generations and learning what it really takes to actually um, be a writer. And not only that, but just um, to write things that people can truly hold on to and that will make a lasting impact. So it's been cool. So how does that translate to your songwriting? Well, it's been, it's been pretty cool because as a English major, you get to study a lot of um, poetry and a lot of um, not only just, it's not just reading like Greek drama or, you know, like, uh, the classics all the time, you know, we're, we're studying what it takes to actually, um, take a thought that you have and actually make it cohesive enough and also clear enough to just relay to people. So it's, it's like with songwriting, it truly helps in the sense that I can, I can now, um, take these thoughts that I have in my head about um, the Lord and, you know, just all the things that you would have going on in your brain and songwriting and kind of flesh them out in a way that's more concise. Because I think that's one of the bigger issues with songwriting is that you don't have a lot of time to actually say what you want to say. I mean, you know, if you were writing an essay or an article, you know, you can flesh that out in like a thousand words, but I mean, every song is maybe not even a hundred, you know, so it's, it's difficult to, um, be really concise and really clear with what you want to say. And, um, it's helped me immensely just in being more clear about what I want to say, um, not only to the church, but to the Lord. And, uh, he's given me a really, um, awesome lens to look at that through with this English pursuit in school and in college. So what is your, um, What's your like songwriting processes look like between the two, between Liberty Worship Collective and Vertical? It honestly looks um, a lot the same. Uh, we do each each kind of entity does a lot of like group writing, and we uh, we all kind of write on our own. Um, we write in groups. Um, we flesh ideas out together, um, <clears throat> and. You know, it, it doesn't ever start off the same way, you know, like we, you can have like a melody or a lyric and uh, it's been, it's been really cool to see how that songwriting process apart, like apart from each of them, you know, there are li- different little idiosyncrasies that happen with each type of writer or group or anything. But the thing that's been cool for me to witness is just, um, how the vulnerability is still true on all sides of it, you know, and when you bring a song to a songwriter to any kind of, um, 
session like that. You got to be vulnerable and you got to let people kind of pick apart your babies sometimes, you know, you never really know what's, what's going to happen. And I think the most beautiful thing about that is vulnerability. Um, not only um, allows for things to get better, but it allows them to be more beautiful. You know, it opens that door to beauty in the way that um, just holding so tightly to things could never do, you know? So I think that's been the coolest thing to see is that, you know, we have different, like probably different uh, executions with vertical and with the worship collective, but um, the vulnerability is still the same in both assets. You know, you have to, you have to bring a song and let people um, help you bring the beauty out of it um, in whatever way they can. So it's been pretty cool. But when you're, when you're writing like on your own, like what, what is your process? Like, do you just, pull out a guitar do you sit at a piano or do you hear something in the car what how's that look a lot of the time it looks like me i'm I'm in my head a lot of the time so i uh i hear melodies and um stuff you know just as i'm driving and so a lot of the time it'll look like me pulling out my phone and like recording a voice memo of me like do 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 something like that and then i'll get home and if it's like a really good idea i'll listen back to it and then i'll pull out a guitar i write mostly from guitar um and i'll do that and then sometimes i get a really cool lyrical idea through that but it mostly looks like me starting with a melody um and then trying to match a lyric to it. Um, that's probably how I, how I start off most of the time. It's just with something that I've heard in my brain and then tried to put words to. Um, because I feel like melodies tell their own story. Um, and, that's, and it's always been a little harder for me to start off with just a lyric instead of actually having a melody to go with it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, I feel like, different lifts and different um, trajectories of a melody tell stories on their own. And I think for me personally, adding lyrics to that is a, is a lot easier for me to kind of flesh out what that story is trying to say. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So well, how, how far do you go with it? Like, are you into like recording and stuff <coughs> or do you just keep it on your phone? I mostly keep them on my phone. <laughs> um, I actually use uh, just like a couple of different note-taking apps. Uh, one of them that I found that was really helpful for me was Evernote. It had like a recording feature that you could just press record and then like still type on your phone at the same time. And that was really helpful for me because um, I don't have a lot of recording equipment. There's a lot of stuff that's available to me, but I don't know a lot about actually recording and producing and things like that so whenever something gets really really whenever i get really psyched about something i bring it to um somebody that has a little more knowledge in that area and then we try to flesh something out in like an actual demo form so but I'm a, i have a lot of voice memos on my phone so it's a fun so time. basically like your 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 demos are just you you and a guitar a lot of times just me and a guitar sometimes i'll have somebody singing along with me and then um sometimes it's got piano but most of the time it's just guitar yeah 
Do you play keys? I can't. I do play a little bit. I do play a little bit, but I don't. I don't play too much. I like. I like to let the people that really know what they're doing um, lead yeah. from it. But if it's if you're in a pinch, I can play for you. But it's not going to be amazing. <laughs> so, so um, talk about the song. So will I. Like how how did that come about? Um, you mean yes, I will. Yes, I will. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no. <laughs> well, so will I came about. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, we were just playing that song yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, dude, I totally. Oh man, I love I love that song, dude. It's amazing. We actually had um, the director of NASA here at Liberty um, like a week ago, and they played so will I, and it was like a super cool moment um, just to have somebody that was all about space be leading that song in front of him. It was amazing. But yeah. yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> let me cool, ask right? you, let me ask you that question again. So yeah. 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 That. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, maybe I should just leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe dude. I, I think it's funny. <laughs> no, it is funny. Cause, um, one of the worship leaders on our, our worship team brought the song. Not so a lot. Yes, I will. <laughs> right. And right. she was like, she was like, can we, can we sing this song? And, um, it was brand new and I pulled it out on YouTube and sure. it was you. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, she didn't say who <laughs> yeah. it was by or anything. She, you know, yeah. it was like, uh, yeah. and I was like, yeah, definitely. Plus I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, dude, that's so cool. Uh, that's amazing. But anyway, yeah. Talk about, yes, I will. Um, <laughs> how that came so, about. yeah. So I actually didn't write. Yes, I will. Um, I wasn't a part of the writing process for that at all. Um, but I can talk to you about like when I heard the demo and all that certain stuff. Um, one of our one of our guys on our team at Vertical, um, Eddie, he's been with Vertical for many, many years. And he was writing in Nashville with um, a couple other um, writers. And they wrote this song. And I remember whenever they told me that they wanted me to... Um, joined the team and when i actually had joined they sent me um i think three demos and i was you know getting ready to fly up there for the first time um after um that last conversation of being part of the team and i was on the plane and i was listening to these songs and i got to <clears throat> the demo for yes i will and i was just like man this song this song has something on it i, I was literally i listened to it probably like 10 times in a row and i was walking through the Chicago airport, just watching people walk by with their different countenances and their different, um, you know, worries and cares. And I was just like, man, this song is truly going to, um, bring some of these countenances up. It's going to lift these faces. Um, it's gonna, it's going to be an anthem for people. Um, and I, at that point I didn't know if I was actually going to sing it or not. Um, and so I was, we were actually, I was going up there to record the demo for it and to lead at church. And so we did it. And then we recorded it, um, on our album, bright, faithful future. Um, I think it was 2016, 2017, um, probably 2017. Um, the, the years have, have been jumbled in my brain, but, um, it was such a sweet, sweet night. Um, we had a, a bunch of people gather at our, um, downtown campus in Chicago and, um, I just remember whenever we led that song for the first time, it was like all of us had heard it 
all of our lives. You know, it was like it was a part of our hearts. Um, so it was just a really cool thing. And then, you know, to see where it's gone from there has been incredible. So, yeah. So when it was written, was it? It's in Kiev D, right? It's in it's in C. It's in C. Okay, so yeah. But when like when our church plays it, we bring it up to D because we usually have females. Sure. Sing it, which is cool because you, you don't have to go that far to get it. Right. To, you know. So, was it was the original demo? Was it in C? Was and was it a guy singing it? <coughs> it was. Yeah, I think it may have been in B, may have been in C, but it was it was um one of the other guys that was writing. His name's Jonathan Smith. He was our producer for um, Bright Faith, Bold Future, and for our next record coming up. Um, and he was, I believe, he was singing it. And I think it was C, it may have been B, but yeah. Do you guys ever have a female lead it? Or is that always you? Yeah. No, we have um, one of our other vocalists, Lauren Smith. She leads it a lot. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, other volunteers in our church that sing it. We probably had other females lead it too. But yeah, I love, I love seeing um, female led Yes, I Will videos. Um, there was one one girl on YouTube that um, our manager sent us all the video and she's like, he's like, this girl's good. And she was leading it. I think she was leading it in D. She may have been doing it in E too. I don't even know, but it was, it's always really cool to see. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that about those kind of songs where you, you don't have to like completely change the key. Exactly. To, to have, because what that means to me is the congregation can sing it. The whole exactly. congregation can sing it, whether it's a guy or girl. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's. I think that was probably part of the heart behind writing it. I mean, you know, like I said, I wasn't part of the writing process, but um, <clears throat> with vertical, like one of our philosophies is, we're writing songs for the church, and so we're writing songs for the church to get vertical to actually like praise the Lord and uh, use our voices for the purpose that we were made for. And so, writing songs that the whole church can sing is a really important part of that process for us. So I totally agree. So what, what's next for you? Like how close are you to being graduating? So I've got 18, 18 credits left. Um, so that <coughs> will amount to about a semester and a half of stuff left to do. Um, trying to get it done as quick as possible. So, you know, but after that, after that, I'm still with vertical. And so I'll probably, I'll be moving up to, um, Chicago and, you know, leading with them and, you know, doing whatever else comes my way, you know, um, I hope to always have a really good relationship with Liberty. Um, I love the team here, so I hope to be back and, uh, as much as I can and stuff like that. But, you know, there comes a time where school has to end for everybody. So <laughs> how long have you been in school? I mean, I was, I started in fall 2013, so this will be, this this fall will be what 2020 i guess that's technically six and a half seven years so but like i said i'm doing my master's too so yeah yeah so like at liberty are you on some kind of staff as well like with the no collective? so the worship collective is student-led um i mean we have staff actually kevin hugley um who's with russia fools he is um, the director of our team, the Liberty Worship Collective, and 
<clears throat> but it's made up of all students. So the heart behind that is that campus worship and all of that would be student led. Um, Cause it's, it's just a lot sweeter to do it that way. Whenever you have, whenever you're led in worship by your peers as a college student, it's just something, there's something about it that's so much better than just having um, a worship leader that you never see. You know, it's like your, your peers that you have class with are getting up there and leading you in worship. It's like, it's, yeah. it's so cool. But so I'm not on staff. I'm just a part of the worship collective as another student. So, but yeah. And then when you go to vertical, are you planning on being on staff there? Or? Yes. Yes. That is the plan. <laughs> and so what will you be a worship leader, worship pastor, music director? Like what, what are you hoping to kind of fall into? Um, it'll, I'll be just in a worship leader position, worship leading, songwriting, um, and doing whatever else um, needs to get done. I'm a team player. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, what's their structure look like? Does, you know, they have, we, we have, um, worship leaders, we have worship pastors. Um, we're actually kind of in a season of transition right now where they're kind of, um, not changing the way things work, but just kind of, you know, fleshing out what we want it to look like, um, in the future and things like that. And so, um, but yeah, we have on our team on vertical, um, three of the guy, four, I think three of the guys are worship pastors. And then, you know, everybody else is on staff as either a worship leader or a music director or things like that, you know? Yeah. So what's your, um, like influences, both secular and Christian, like, like musically, what, sure. what inspires you? Dude, I love Switchfoot. <laughs> um, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, and I guess, you know, depending on who you are, whatever, they could be considered both secular and Christian. But um, I've also, I grew up listening to um, only Christian music. Um, so I was like really into Reliant K and to Audio Adrenaline and to all those kind of bands like growing up. And uh, once I got to, once I got to college, um, I started listening to a little more like secular stuff. So I listened to a lot of punk rock music. Um, but I also love Americana, like Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors is a huge influence for me. Um, not, not even just in songwriting, but in just like the way that I love music to feel. Um, and I also love uh, John Mark McMillan. He's a huge influence for me um, in the songwriting realm. But um, as for worship artists, Love Hill Song United, um, they've been a huge part of my story. Um, you know, in leading for youth group and all those things, they've been just a, a killer influence for me. But yeah, I love I love a lot of Americana, a lot of punk rock. Um, I listen to a little bit of metal here and there, and um, I've recently been listening to more hip hop. Um, but I would say probably my biggest influences are those kind of like Christian, like CCM artists that came up in like the early two thousands, and then. Um, Americana like Drew Holcomb and stuff like that has been huge for me. So, so listening to the metal and the punk bands, do you play electric guitar as well? I play electric guitar, but nothing like any of those guys play electric guitar. They're like it's you know I don't I don't riff or anything. I play mostly rhythm and stuff. So, but I love 
I love um, ripping, you know, covers of Switchfoot songs and things yeah. like that. You ever lead so, with an electric guitar? I used to lead a lot with electric guitar. I don't do it too much anymore, but um, I have a fifty-four twenty Gretsch, and I used to lead with that from like a Vox AC fifteen, like just a super simple setup with a few pedals and stuff like that. And uh, when I first got to Liberty, I would play both. I would switch off from that to acoustic um, every set, and it was it was super dope. It was fun. What what acoustic are you playing right now? I can't remember. Last time I saw you, I I play a Taylor Five Ten. It's a it's a vintage, so it's in '86, and um, I have no idea what pickup is in it. But I play it through uh, an LR Bags DI, and I love it, man. It's it's my favorite guitar that I've ever played, and I'm never getting rid of it. And uh, it's, it's it's great. And then on the road, like I have a different guitar to travel with because I don't really like traveling with my with my old guy, but I travel with. Uh, gibson country gentleman with an anthem in it and um it's actually not mine it's my buddies and i'm trying to get him to let me buy it from him and it's a long process of convincing him but i hope i can't someday so yeah you're the th- third person i know that is playing a gibson that is owned by a friend that they're currently trying to convince <laughs> to buy it from <laughs> dude they're hard it's a hard sell to get people to sell on you know they're such yeah. good guitars man Especially really when are. you find the one, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one that doesn't fight you. <laughs> Dude. Oh, it just, it does whatever you want it to do, man. Ooh. But there's no in-between, you know? It's yeah. like they're either fighting you or they're just like butter. Right. It's just like. Right. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so what advice do you have for, like, I know I, I, I talk to a lot of younger guys that are like 16 and 17 and they have a concept of what it means to be a worship leader. And sometimes it's a little skewed because they, <clears throat> their, their view is from YouTube. Right. Sure. Like, and right. They don't really know, like, what does it mean to, to be on staff somewhere or to be a worship right. leader, or, you know? And so it's, it's almost like the, the celebrity worship leader is more in their mind. Yeah. But what do you, what advice do you have for somebody <clears throat> who's like, kind of deciding, like, should I go to Liberty? Should I just get a regular sure. degree from a, con- a college or what, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me that I've learned in the past um, five, six years of doing this um, pretty much professionally and, like, traveling around and leading worship and things like that, um, which is, like you know, it's glamorous, but it's not glamorous and it's not like real life, you know, like real life to me for being a worship leader is, um, leading at your church and like, you know, being that faithful servant, um, and not wanting to like take it any further than, you know, just for the fame of it. You know, it's like, that's, I think that kind of what you're alluding to is just the fact of like, people are trying to lead worship to, make a name for themselves. Um, and it brings me back to a conversation I had with, um, our oldest member of, um, uh, vertical. Um, he's, he kind of helped it pull it off the ground and he's been there forever. Andy Rosier. And he told me once that, um, worship leading isn't about, uh, necessarily even just, 
it's about being a witness is what he said. Um, it's about being a witness to the work that God is doing in the lives of his church as we sing on stage. Um, and that looks a lot like um, just being faithful to what he's calling you to do. Um, you can't watch God work if you're not close to him, if you're not um, trying to um, seek him every day. And so I think that the most important part of um, being a worship leader or anything like that is just faithful, being ser- being servant-minded, um, uh, and not taking yourself too seriously. Um, because, I mean, to be honest, like I didn't, I didn't want um, to do what I what I do. You know, it's like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't seek it out. You know, it's like I didn't seek out trying to travel and be in a band and do all these things. But um, I was just faithful to my local church for like five years, just leading day in and day out. Um, not even just to get anywhere different, but just because that was what I knew God was calling me to do. Um, so I think just being faithful to your local church, um, and just being a witness to what the Lord is doing in the hearts of the congregation is probably the most important thing. Um, because, you know, as you watch, Lord work in people's hearts like you'll know where he wants you to take them you'll know where he wants you to go in the service you'll know um, how he wants you to lead the next song or you know if we need to stop and pray or things like that it's like as long as you're watching what God is doing and following him then uh, I don't think there's any better advice that you can get you know yeah yeah speaking of not taking yourself too seriously how many um how many awkward green rooms have you been in (laughs) dude um a million (laughs) like 99 percent of them are nurseries (laughs) dude there's so there's so many i'm trying to think of the the weirdest one that we have been in um but yeah it probably was a nursery or something like that um i mean we literally walked into a green room one time and there were kids like eating breakfast (laughs) so we were like nice we're here (laughs) <laughs> and it's amazing, you know, it's like, that's, that's half the fun is just like, um, getting to see all these places, you know, they say the journey is half the, half the fun. So it's just like, you know, getting to meet all these different people and have all those fun memories of the weird, crazy things that happen. It's just like super fun, man. Yeah. But, you have any, um, you know, how that account worship fails is pretty big. Do you have any, uh, <laughs> yeah. good worship fails stories? personal stories oh man dude i really i really do um <clears throat> i think my favorite my favorite one that i uh that i was a part of i mean i fell off the stage like probably four or five times <laughs> yeah i mean it's like and, and none of them were actually big stages so that was nice like i i think it was even this last summer i was walking you know, just coming back off the mic and I stepped off the stage and I stepped right back onto it, um, which was nice. But, um, there was one time where I was leading and, uh, we were, it was a, it was a first song and, uh, we were getting really into it. And I was, you know, I think we started jumping. I don't know what happened, but somehow my microphone (laughs) came off the stand and flew into the audience and rolled down like five rows and one of the kids had to come and bring it to me for the next song it was it was super super funny but uh wow yeah 
I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things. I remember there was another um, time we were playing at my home church, actually. And when we stepped on stage, I think somebody tripped over the cord to the rack and it turned everything off. And so we had to reboot everything and it did it rebooted immediately. But what we didn't know is that um, it rebooted the keyboard and it rebooted the computer. So when we went to turn the keyboard back on, it started playing one of those drum mix things like, oh, yeah. <laughs> into the sound, into everything. Everybody heard it. And then we Let finally turned that Yamaha. off. Oh, yeah, dude. It was a Yamaha. Because <laughs> I know that A hundred percent, dude. So we finally turned that off. But then we started hearing Adele singing Hello <laughs> from the computer because the computer rebooted and started playing iTunes. And we were like, what is going on? This is all happening before we even got the first song off. So it was, it was very, very fun. Super fun stuff. But yeah, you know, it's like I saw, I love that account um, because, you know, I don't take myself too seriously. And um, I love I, specifically the one with the kid that was singing Glorious Day and his voice cracks. <laughs> and I love, I love that one so much because... All the kids on stage and off stage, like they're just laughing and they're not like embarrassed. Like I'm sure he was a little bit, but it was just like, you know, worship leading isn't about, you know, just being super serious or uh, being like an icon or somebody to look at. You know, it's really just about connecting in, you know, all of us in the room connecting with God. And just, you know, I think that even that was kind of, you know, still worshipful. Just the fact that we could all laugh at the fact that like, we're imperfect beings, but we get to worship a perfect God, and it's just amazing. So, I love it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> awesome. Um, final question: What's in the box? Which box? No one behind you. <laughs> there's it's there's nothing in the box. <laughs> it's it's an empty box. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like which box? <laughs> that's incredible, dude. I was yeah, hoping you were gonna say, like, "Oh, it's a brand new." Um, custom shop jazz master or something oh like yeah that. yeah yeah no it's it's a it's an elliot you know gotta love it it's great <laughs> no dude it's awesome dude oh well thanks judd i appreciate um you i appreciate you talking with dude, me appreciate you man uh, you have you have such an interest interesting story because you like i can i can never remember where you live i, right. I know all the things you're part of but i can't remember right like, does he actually live and yeah like you're just all over the place so yeah dude it's it's it's, it's a fun time and uh yeah I, I love it you know flying hard under the radar <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome cool well appreciate it and i will i'll see you on the socials hopefully we'll see each other in person again for sure soon. man all right brother all right peace take it easy peace